This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say, you need to talk to Dominic Carter, but you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 7. 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I want to start by thanking our owner operators of WABC, John and Margot Katsimatidis, for inviting me and my family. We had a wonderful time at the uh, Fairy Hawks game. We also had tickets to go up to the uh, casino and see Smokey Robinson, but we didn't see, we didn't make it to Smokey Robinson, but, but because we had such a wonderful time in Staten Island at the Fairy Hawks game. And you may have just heard me with Curtis. We lost the game to the NYPD, but we had a great time. Now I'm almost embarrassed to admit this. But boy, did I make a boneheaded move. Who plays a softball game, right? So I play catcher. Who plays a game when, Matt, when you got to kneel down and you have your iPhone in your pocket and you have on shorts? Who does that? Uh oh. Who does that? Who does that in their right mind? Dominic Carter. Right. So, so what happens? Uh, a shot comes in. Of course, I didn't move fast enough to catch it. It it hits me in the leg, but it hits the pocket where the cell phone is, where the iPhone is, right? And all of a sudden, the phone is done. Finito. Kaput. Finished. iPhone. Right? Smashed. And, and, and Right. It wasn't broken. Just it did something to the electronics. Oh. And then I couldn't turn the uh, phone on. So then... My wife says after the game, so we leave the Casamitidis, great time. My wife says, call the insurance company. You, you know, you, you pay insurance every month. So, you know, now it's time to use it. So I, I call the insurance company and they're going to send me a different phone, right? And on top of the monthly payments, Matt, that you got to make for insurance, right. right? On top of that. I had to pay another hundred and eighty nine dollars. They had to replace the phone. To replace, but so what's the point of me paying insurance? It's insane because the insurance is like, if you crack the screen, you can go get it fixed. When they oh. have to replace the phone because of something like that, that's when they charge you. And if, if the phone would have just broke, let's say something electronic, it turned it on, it didn't turn on, nothing you did, then they'll replace it. I believe, depending oh. on the insurance. I know that's what they do with my phone. I don't have an iPhone, though. 
But if you, you go, oh, yeah, I got hit by a softball. I need a new phone. $200. But here's the thing. If you didn't have the insurance. Then $1,000. Then it's $1,000 for the phone. So you're telling me. But how much, but think of it this way. How much insurance have you paid over the years? Yeah, what, $10, whatever it is, every right. month for the last three, four years? So that's $120 a month times four years. Right. $600. So now you have $800. So they still got me. In a way. In a way. But if you didn't have the insurance, it still would have cost you $1,000. And if you ever crack the screen, you can get it repaired if any minor damage happens. No, no, no. This is not minor damage. <laughs> the softball hit the uh, phone. But who plays a softball game with a phone in your pocket and right. you're playing catcher? <laughs> That's true. That's and catcher. <laughs> and I'm playing catcher, and I can barely play and barely get down there to begin with, you know? Right. So... That was my uh, reality on Saturday. Did you get the new phone? It, uh, that's the other thing. It doesn't arrive until Tuesday. So now all I have is an iPad and I don't have a phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't have another phone you can use in place. Right. I mean, I could borrow my son's, but you know what that's like. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a pain because that's what I had to do okay. when I had a new phone. I had to get a new SIM card, use an old phone, right. just right. so I had something. Right. And, and then I have to have it uh, activated. Right. Uh, and I'm not a technical guy, and it's just like, why didn't you just take the phone out of your pocket? You know, when you put on your jersey and the cap, take the take the phone out of your pocket. But you had a good time. Had a great time. Had a wonderful time. So thank, thanks for inquiring about it. And, um, again, thanks to the uh, cast of Matides. Again, we had a wonderful time out there. So a number of issues we've got going on, some serious stuff. Some not so serious, but let's go ahead and get to it. Number one, speed cameras start today. Speed cameras start today around the clock in New York City. Some will see this as a cash grab, but but we, we, we need to, and this is the way I really feel about this, we really need to restore order in New York, even when it comes, some would say, especially when it comes to, for example, on the Grand Concourse in the Bronx, when it comes to speeding uh, vehicles. So really, if this saves one life, isn't it all worth it? We've got the monkeypox situation, which seems to be increasingly uh, growing. And, uh, you know, it just seems familiar or similar, similar to me of what we went through years ago during the AIDS uh, epidemic. You may recall it was initially devastating to the uh, gay community, AIDS, and now it's the same thing. It's devastating. The uh, the monkeypox is now devastating the gay community. But one has to wonder, it's only a matter of time until this thing hits a broader uh, portion of society as well. So I, I have my uh, my eye on the uh, monkeypox situation as, as New York is one of the hubs of the country where people are um, many of the cases are. And so uh, you may recall that incident, it seems like five years ago when uh, Will Smith lost his temper at the Oscars and smacked uh, Chris Rock. Well, he has apologized for the first time on camera. And so uh, I'll let you hear that a little later in the show because I have many other important issues to uh, deal with. One of them happens to be something that I'm really trying to figure out. And we're going to be taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. 
what I'm really trying to figure out here, and I need I need your help this morning, folks. This phenomenon, this situation of apparent homeless people or people with mental problems attacking other people. When when did this really start? What what's at the what's at the heart of the matter of this? What's behind it? A a woman was clobbered, a, a cut on the head, and a random Park Avenue assault. And the NYPD is eyeing connection to a similar attack in Brooklyn, and it just seems like it's um, so so devastating when we can see what happens on video. And so the, this man who's clearly unhinged, uh, clobbered and cut a woman. She was walking on Park Avenue on the Upper East Side, caught on video. The woman, 37 years old, she was walking near 81st Street at 6 a.m. on July 14th when the man attacked her without any provocation at all. She was on her way to have blood drawn, to have a blood test, to have a blood test. And this apparent homeless guy just seemed to, you know, he just threw a haymaker and, and, and apparently had something in her hand, and it was just a mess, and, you know, she had to go to the hospital. Another story I'm following this morning, the uh, flashy New York City bishop, allegedly robbed of $1 million, his situation seems to be going from bad to worse, bad to worse. In a bizarre move Sunday, just a few hours ago, he reenacted the alleged jury heist at service, at church. Why would you do that when you already know that as much as half the city believes that you staged this for an insurance scam. And so he's even, this bishop, Gucci-wearing bishop, and I guess I better be careful with my words because he doesn't like the fact that the media is describing him as uh, Bishop Bling Bling, Rolls Royce Bishop. He's taking, he's taking, um, he's taking exception to that. And he feels that he's being called this for racial reasons. You're going to hear, you're going to hear him um, in just a second ago. But in just a second, I said a second ago. You know what? So let, let's go ahead and do that. I want you to, now let's keep in mind uh, that, and he's also very upset that uh, the media keeps pointing out that he served time in prison for identity theft and grand larceny. And so on Friday, he held a news conference on Friday, and here's what he had to say. But everybody wants to talk about that I went to prison. Typical black man. Let's talk about my father, Arthur Miller, who was killed when I was six weeks old, beat and strangled to death by 16 police officers by the 77th precinct. And I had to grow up without a father. I didn't have nobody to teach me how to be a man because of the color of my father's skin. But yet, my church 
Nobody can empathize or sympathize with me, with us. You want to know why? Because you're plastering their pastor, his past. And nobody wants to talk about these three men that came into this church and violated us. So, Bishop, where, where are these three men? I, I, I mean, I know you're not the NYPD, but normally by now there, there's a crack in the case. And you may have heard him refer to his father, Arthur Miller. This thing is a mess. But I see your phone calls. Let me just set this up for a second. So 42 years ago, his father uh, was very famous uh, in, in the Brooklyn community. And uh, 42 years ago, yeah, 42 years ago, his father's name was Arthur Miller. This is the father of the bishop. And his father was a well-to-do businessman in Brooklyn, did very well, was opening businesses and so on. One day, he stopped by, his brother is driving the car, he stopped by the police 42 years ago. The brother flees, uh, Mr. Miller gets into it with the police somehow, uh, and at the, when it was all said and done, um, all said and done, uh, Mr. Miller was allegedly uh, choked to death by one of the officers. And so this is the bishop's father. So when he says that he was a little boy when he was a little boy when this happened, and he was raised without his father, so his family went from well-to-do business to welfare. And so the bishop, and again, folks, I see all your calls on all the different uh, topics. We'll get to it in just a second. The bishop also continued with his statement. Now, this was on Friday. Why do we always got to tear black men down? I don't see y'all talking about Joel Alstein and his jets and his houses. I don't see y'all talking about his tailored suits. But as soon as a black man has a tailored suit, he's a criminal. And y'all build a narrative. Oh, he was in prison. And he must have knew something about a robbery. Are you kidding me? Let my church give us some sympathy. Empathize with us in this season. This only happened five days ago. We're mourning. We're hurting. We had to get on the floor. So why y'all making the pastor get on the floor? Why y'all beating me up like this? Why are you doing what you're doing? And so the uh, bishop wore a Gucci suit to church today and, again, reenacted what happened last Sunday. And the bishop is asking why is he not getting sympathy? Well, bishop, it's simple, because nobody believes the story that you're telling. You, it may be on video. It may be on uh, on a live stream. But nobody's buying what you're selling, given your history your flashiness, no one buys your story. And frankly, many of us in the media are wondering, when is this going to begin to unravel, and will you be placed in custody? So we got a problem. Now, that's not to say that this didn't happen. It could have happened, the robbery. But it's, it's a tough situation. We are taking your telephone calls on a number of topics. But, again, my overarching topic this morning is I'm trying to find out when did this happen where predominantly 
men of color. Sometimes they're, they're, they're Latino, one or two whites, whatever. But predominantly men of color, mental illness, just attacking people on the streets. And this happened at Park Avenue and 81st Street, 6 a.m. in the morning. The man had an object in his hand, uh, a um, threw a, a wild punch, hit the woman. She had to have four staples in her head. When when did this start happening, and how are we going to stop this? Because, frankly, the only way I see stopping this is you have got to make an example. The system has to make an example uh, out of a few of these suspects. Okay, so a number of topics. Let's go to our friend Jennifer first up in Boston. Good morning, Jennifer. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. Um, nice to hear you as always. I was wondering if I can go off your topic list, if you don't mind. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you as always. I just wanted to acknowledge an um, officer that was killed in the line of duty yesterday, uh, about 2 o'clock this morning, um, Officer Noah Chavanez. Um, he was 24 years old. He was killed in Elwood, Indiana, and he was just trying to do a traffic stop. And you and I have talked about wow. this, Dominic. Why would anyone try and do their job as an officer anymore? Um, I think about that a lot, Jennifer, that, that yep. I, yep. I, 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 w- I wouldn't do it. I would sit in the car. Yep. Yeah, and this guy at 2 o'clock in the morning, he could have been on his, you know, this cop, he could have sat on his phone as a 24-year-old guy, pulled over, you know, had a sip of coffee, whatever. He was out working the streets. He was a five-year Army veteran at the age of 24. And you want to talk about handsome. This guy had Hollywood looks. I mean, someone wrote that in the comment section on the news story. Hollywood looks, and yet he chose a life of service. He had been on the force at 24 years old for 11 months. And this man that killed him, Dominic, had had a criminal history. The guy was 42 years old, and he had a criminal history dating back to when he was 18. And in 2006, he shot at the Indiana State Troopers. He was convicted in 2007 and sentenced to 25 years in jail. So does anyone want to tell me why he was out and left to slaughter this young man who gave so much on our behalf? It's it's unthinkable to me what's happening in this country. You, you already know why, Jennifer, because the, the, the cops have been uh, portrayed as the bad guy, and the bad guys are now the, the good guys. At least yeah, that's have, the way yeah. it's spun in, in terms of society. Yeah, and you and I talked about this. And one of the other things I want to talk about, and you and I have talked about this too, this was a white cop shot by a black man. You won't hear this story anywhere unless it's local in Indiana. It's not plastered all over the news. When, when a cop shoots a black man, a white cop or any cop shoots a black man in this country, I hear it all over my local news. We have a 24-hour news station here. You hear it all day, for days, for days, every top of the hour, every report, every news bump. You hear it. I won't know anything about this cop. I won't hear a peep about him. And it doesn't matter. I've told you this before. Killing is wrong. Who does it? And yet, at least if it's happening with a cop and you're fighting with a criminal, you know, you're fighting with, at least maybe there's a reason. Maybe they're in fear for their life. Maybe someone's reaching for their weapon, whatever. But no matter what, they're always wrong. In this case, when this guy, you know what happened? The guy got out of the car at the traffic stop and just blasted, just started shooting, shooting, shooting. And yet you won't hear a peep about it. And to me, you look at an honorable young man like this young man, Noah, 
people should look him up. It's Elwood, Indiana, and people should know his story. And his life mattered, and his death should matter, and it should be meaningful to all of us because it's a statement about all that's wrong in this country right now. And this man supposedly had some sort of mental illness, and he doesn't like to take his meds. And like you said, so what? Why does his civil liberties matter more than yours, mine, or that officer's? And why is he allowed to roam the streets? And especially, he's had violent felonies, including shooting at the police. So why is he on the road? What were they afraid he was going to catch COVID? They couldn't even find out how, you know, how long ago he was released. The Indiana State you know, prison hadn't reached back out to the news networks yet. But I'll be interested to see, what the, was he a really well-behaved prisoner? You know, were they afraid he was going to catch COVID two years ago, so they let him out? Why is he out? And why was this allowed to happen? Well, well, so, Jennifer, I, I, I thank I'm you for the call. For no, it's, it, it's, I, I, to be honest with you, I had not heard about this. And so, so I thank and you for the call, Jennifer. I, I had not, I had not heard about this, but it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all. It, everything is wrong. That we've got to make changes. We've got, we've got to change the narrative to return to the days of the police are the good guys. Why? Because, and I'm going to talk about this at 1245, the lady that was arrested 100 times for shoplifting, oh, she did it again in Harlem, and this time she fought the cops. So we're seeing this more and more and more. The cops are handcuffed in terms of what they can do, and you have these, whatever you want to call them, People, animals, whatever. It's not a fair fight. It's not, The police are outnumbered, often outgunned, and, and lights, camera, action. Everybody has a cell phone only telling half the story, not the full story. The half that makes the police look bad, but not the half that shows the suspect taking off running. Let's go to uh, to uh, Raul in New Jersey. Good morning. What's on your mind? This is this is Rob, uh, Dominic. Um, you know, the, regarding the situation in that church. Okay. Okay, the church. The bishop. I'd like to ask the question: Are are these savages and animals? You know, respect uh, any sacred places like the the house of worship. Because that's what it is. I'm coming there, animalistic, savage, uh, you know, thing. So, 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 so you believe? Worship. So you believe the bishop? Uh, whether or not I do, you know, if uh, an act of criminality or crime happening in that in in the house of worship, that should be condemned. Right, but but but, but, but hey, Ra- Raul, but how do we know an act of crime occurred in the church? We don't know that yet. We we believe our eyes tell us that a crime was committed in the church, but we don't know that yet. Until the police make arrest in this case and no suspects uh, come okay. clean, we we don't know what that. And, that's what and, the problem is. And what is Eric Adam doing about this? Once again, the ineptitude, the incapability, the impotence of this man is very much uh, 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 you know part of the problem rather than uh, the, the part of the solution. Because, really, honestly, what, you know, people stay away from New York. People move out of New York because they're risking life and limb. 
every day be in that city. And I'm not telling you anything different. It's mm-hmm. in the news for mm-hmm. crying out loud. Well, the crime of one kind or another I, is on the rise. I, I hear you. I got with the, the, the inflation. I, I, what's the standard of living right now in the city? You if already, Raul, Raul, thank you. Thank you for the call. No, no, it's not that enough said, Raul. I have a lot of calls here. You already know what the standard of living is. I already told you about the incident. There, there was a time when Park Avenue was untouchable. Now, now you got mentally ill people walking around Park Avenue at 6 a.m. in the morning throwing haymakers, hitting innocent victims. You already know what the standard of living, what the quality of life uh, and the standard of living is in New York. It's still the great one of the greatest cities in the world, but, and you asked about Mayor Adams, uh, you know, the, the mayor's got to get control of this situation. Bottom line, bottom line, Billy in Queens, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic, you don't have any evidence on this guy yet. You've been working so hard trying to come up with dirt, and you still got the same crap as last week. Oh, he's a black guy with expensive jewelry. You know what that means. No, I really don't know what that means. If you don't have any evidence on the guy, leave him alone. If you got something linking him to this, that he set this up, let's hear it. You don't have it, so then you just shut up about him and leave him alone. You done, Billy? Yeah, go okay. ahead. Okay, well, no, to be honest with you, your, your statement is not even worthy of me responding to. So I was just going to go on to the next call. What do you have? You don't have nothing on the guy. Billy, are you serious? So, you got? So, 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 Billy, so, Billy, the entire press corps of New York City is questioning this bishop so, so hard that he came out on Friday and acknowledged himself by saying that it's not an insurance scam. That don't tell you something, Billy? He said it's not an insurance scam. Right, right. He and other, he's, try, he's trying to be proactive. He's trying to be pro because he knows that the whole press corps doesn't believe him. You still don't have that. All right, you don't believe him, and they probably don't believe him for the same reason you don't. And it's not right. If you, Jesse Smollett, that case fell apart right away. I mean, his story fell apart. No, no, Smollett's case did not fall apart right away. It did not fall apart until the police made an arrest of one of the brothers. And it is my contention, Billy, that the same thing, if this is a fraud, we will know once an arrest is made because someone's going to start singing. Just like the Smollett. What if it's not a fraud? Are you going to apologize to the bishop? Apologize for what? It's my job. To, it's my job. I don't just take it face value what everyone says. What would I? What would I apologize for, Billy? Please help me. Because you accuse him of being a liar and setting up this whole thing up. And you know what? I don't know. Maybe down the road, I'll apologize to you if it comes out that he that he did do this. I will. I'll apologize to you and say, you know what? I believe this guy, and and you were right, and I was wrong. Okay, so Billy, but before but I move on, you won't stand. You won't do that, will you? If if it turns out it's legit, I won't apologize, but I'll say it turns out to be legit. But, but so, Billy, the, the, the <laughs> fact, let me ask you this, Billy: the the fact that that a um, that one of his former parishioners is suing him for stealing her life savings that doesn't say something to you? Yeah, well, I know something you don't know about that because I have friends at Kenosi. He was helping out the son, and the son was bad news, and he had to kick him out of the parish, and they retaliated uh, against him after that. So, how about no problem with? How about yeah, the money? Me? But Billy, how about the money? I ain't asking about did, the son. I, the money. The moolah. 
I, d- nobody's proven that what she's saying is true. She has a vendetta against the bishop, from what I understand. She kicked us. She was trying. He was trying to help the son. He took him in under his wing in the in the in the parish. And uh, I don't know. I don't want to gossip on the phone, but there's, right. there's more to that story too. She has a vendetta against him right. because of the son. Well, Billy, all, right, all, all, yeah, I right, can, right. all I can say is bless you, buddy, and uh, and thank you for the uh, telephone call. Let's go to Audrey from Queens to Brooklyn. Good morning, Audrey. What's on your mind? I don't even have time to ask how was your weekend. Let's just say I'm sure it was great. Number one, the bishop, I, all the time I just knew he was a crook. And the woman, the, the $92,000, I don't know where the story came from with the, the son and stuff, but he's a crook, number one. And I do believe all that stuff was set up. Come on. Look at the fact that only him and his wife, none of those parishioners were robbed. And the fact that, okay, there was a, a gentleman on the platform with him. He sat there like he was a statue. Really? Come on. This man needs to go to jail and, and take a few uh, jewelry with him. But it's crazy. And what does Eric Adams have to do with the church? He got too much to do with the crime out here. Let the church take care of their own stuff. Anyway, well, no, no, the no, well, well, <laughs> the weekend was fine, Audrey. What Mayor Adams has to do with it is that they, they, they're longtime friends or, or associates. Oh, I I should, yes. So you see, so you see, I don't even know if this would be as newsworthy if, he, if he wasn't friends with the mayor of New York City. And so, <laughs> and so remember now, this is a situation that can go bad for the mayor. Yeah, because because, because then it becomes an issue of Mr. Mayor, you went to bat for this guy, and you know. But Audrey, it's always wonderful to uh, chat with you, and thank you so much. I had a great weekend. I hope you did the same. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. When we come back, uh, more of your telephone calls. The Bronx, White Plains, Michael in his bedroom, Brooklyn, Staten Island, Forest Hills. All coming up. Talk Radio 77, this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. They say this is a big rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light city life, I gotta make it. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. A number of topics I see you folks want to talk about. And Curtis Lewa is walking the hallways all excited, ready to go. He's coming up in for Frank Morano, the other side of midnight uh, this week. Let's go to Russ in White Plains. Good morning, Russ. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. I think it's a simple equation. Uh, the concept of Karen's plus the concept of reparations equals random violence towards vulnerable people. I think that's unfortunately what's going on. Okay, wait, 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 Russ, wait, 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 wait. Maybe it's too early in the morning, but you you lost me. All I heard was reparations and something. One more time. Well, you know, the concept of Karen's white women uh, calling the police on black men uh, wrongly, I think there's an element of that there going on. And, you know, that we're kind of owed this. 
practice reparations kind of thing. So then it's kind of taken out. I mean, this is, these are mentally ill people who are interpreting. I'm not saying it's a legitimate equation. I'm just saying, you know, from the mentally ill point of view. No, well, but, well you're referring to the attacks, random attacks on people on the street. Yeah, I'm, okay. and I'm referring to what my wife, who happens to be a white woman, tells me she's feeling more vulnerable. Now, you know, I go I go out on Broadway and... Um, it's not. It's okay, no but wait, wait, wait. Okay, but wait, wait. When you say she's feeling more vulnerable, more vulnerable in the relationship, more vulnerable when it comes to crime, I have no idea what you're talking about, Russ. More vulnerable with what? Walking on the sidewalk. Okay, so she's more with crime. Well, if you call walking on the sidewalk, you know, I don't think there's crime going on constantly, but the sense of vulnerability is what I'm talking about, and that th- there's this concept of being a Karen. And, you know, w- women don't want to make, you know, false accusations and the concept of, hey, you know what? We're owed this. Okay, uh, but wait, Russ, owed- Russ, wait, yeah. j- just work with me for a second. I'm, okay, sure. No, you, I didn't you, want to you, talk. You, no, no, no. You, you said you said the Russ, you, you, excuse me, you said you said the Karen situation. Help me, man. So you're, I, I, what are you saying directly? I need you to be direct. You remember the bird watcher? Yes, in Central Park, yes. In the Rambles. Yes. And he hopped out of the bushes, and he scared that woman, but now he's like uh, the, the Department of Cultural Affairs, or he's got a, a TV program. He's been valorized. So there's a lot of things going on where they're, they're switching words around so that people who are victims are then victimizers, and, you know, we all owe a, a, a price for something that was done before us, but I really wanted to call about something else. I'm sorry. Okay, but I, you know, you know, it's okay. I'm just, I'm just trying to follow yeah. your train of thought this morning. Okay. Yeah. What, what was the other thing you wanted to call about? I'm sorry. You, did you notice that John Miller, uh, a deputy commissioner at the NYPD, retired? Yes. He, he was given a big send off. Do you remember uh, that he was involved with Mike McAlary spreading a story about a gay woman who organized a feminist at, rally, and uh, John Miller leaked to McAlary that it was a fake story, it was a hoax. McAlary wrote three columns, called for the woman to be arrested, and then it turned out, you know, 25 years later, it was a true story. The statute of limitations was over. Okay. But I don't think John Miller should be accorded great accolades. He should have retired at the time. And okay, I don't well, think wait, this is wait, Okay, but wait, 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 wait. Russ, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> John Miller, whether you like him or not, he's been around a long time. And the fact of the matter is... John Miller has been, as you know, on my side of the business, and he could make about nine or ten times worth what he made doing counterintelligence for the NYPD. So, I mean, and and Mike McAlary, in full disclosure, was a, was an acquaintance of mine. Every now and then, we would hang out with each other. You know, considered some of the top reporters in the city. So, I don't know anything about this gay story. But I do think I do think that uh, that Mike that, that uh, John Miller is entitled to some accolades uh, in terms of his commitment to the to the city of New York. Sure, on the January tenth, twenty eighteen issue of the Daily News, page eleven, the whole story is there. But I mean, what I'm saying is that higher ups at the NYPD, and there's also that deputy mayor that uh, Mayor Adams has appointed, who had a lot of problems, and he's now like a deputy mayor in charge of criminal justice. You know the, the person I yes. mean, right? Yes. So the higher-ups in the police department aren't held accountable for things that they do. Well, officers in action, you know, 
I mean, that poor officer in the subway with that 16-year-old kid, well, he didn't want to yoke him around the neck. He felt constrained not to make a scene. And these officers are the front lines of civilization, and we're abandoning them. And that's, mm-hmm. that's okay. all I want to say. Well, thank, thank you, you and, and you have a, uh, a, beautiful, a beautiful morning there. Let's go to Michael. Michael is in his bedroom. Good morning, Michael. Hey, how are you? Good, good. Go right ahead, please. Okay. Um, I original topic I'm going to change. Okay, Michael, just um, please go but, ahead and get to the point, okay, please. Okay. Okay. I want to talk about the reference. Okay, if go ahead. I, talk. If I was the reverend, I would come out right away and say, "Okay, folks. Yes, I have fancy clothes. Yes, I have a fancy car." But look at all these donations, that substantial donation I have made. He's done that. He's done that. He did that on Friday. He pointed out he pointed, he pointed out that he gives away thousands of dollars on uh, Thanksgiving. This is his version. Uh, and he, his yeah, exact yeah, words version, were. But not in print. Not well, in print. Well, but no, but, 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 Michael, that's something else. You said what he should do. Now, what's going to appear in print, he doesn't control that. And so he can't control what any reporter, just like the last caller, when he was defending, not the last caller, one of the callers this morning, defending him with me, the bishop does not control what I'm going to say. The bishop does not, no newsmaker controls, I thank you for the call, Michael, no newsmaker controls what um, uh, the the news reporter is going to say. So the bishop is pointing out what he has done, what he says he has done. But frankly, there are going to be very few people, journalists, that are going to pick that up because that's not the story right now. To be honest with you, all the journalists in the city are on a dead man walking story right now. We're waiting for the story to crack. Because we know that in our hearts, it's about to crack, meaning be exposed as a complete fraud. That's what the news media is waiting for right now. So anything that the bishop talks about, bling, bling, cause, charity, completely irrelevant. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm just saying to you, that's the way it is in the news business. Peter in Staten Island, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. I figured I'd lighten it up a little bit. I was in a uh, dollar store in Staten Island, Jersey Street, and uh, these guys came in and they were shoplifting. And they came over to the counter and they asked the girl if they could buy some bags. So they gave her 50 cents and she told them the bag's only five cents. They wanted five bags. So she gave them a quarter's change. And they went on to just fill up the bags and go out the door like nothing happened, you know. So the thing is that, you know, everybody's getting away with it. They're getting away with everything. I drove around for three months with a broken windshield because I hit a deer in Staten Island. And uh, I couldn't get the glass because the car's like 20 years old. And I was never stopped or anything. And it wasn't like I had police, uh, you know, uh, PBA cards or anything all over the car. Nothing. I mean, this has been like... uh, over here, they go through stop signs, lights, like nothing. You got to drive, and you got to watch even one way streets because no traffic enforcement is being enforced, even 
the plates covered with plastic that you can't even read the number. God forbid you have an accident. You can't even report who hit you. So this is what's going on. It's a new world out here, and I don't like it. But I don't know where there's anywhere else to go because it's all over the place, you know. People I, going I, to- I hear you, Peter, and it and it shouldn't it shouldn't be that way. All all I can tell you, I'm sorry, Peter. I've got to take a commercial break. All I can tell you is that society wise, we we've got to find a way to stop these attacks that are just these random attacks from these uh, mentally ill individuals just randomly uh, punching people. And I am sorry to worry about the racial component to this. Because it seems like the attacker, it seems, those are the key words, folks. Please don't send me emails. Uh, uh, Listen to what I'm saying to you. It seems like the attackers are always African-American. And it seems like in many of the cases, the victims are white. And I'm trying to figure out what is going on. So Russ and White Plains alluded to it. That's why I thought he was going when he, when he was uh, bringing this topic up, but what we're going to do right now is I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to take more of your telephone calls. And coming up at the top of the hour, in for Frank Morano this week, Curtis Lewa and the other side of Midnight. WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. Well, 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 a professional shoplifter with more than 100 arrests. Think about that. 100 arrests. Think about all the overtime our great police officers have had to have been paid to process these this paperwork. Think about all the overtime for the court officials. Just think about that. But. This professional shoplifter is finally behind bars after 100 arrests. And what what was the topping on the cake is that she was caught again for shoplifting and started fighting with the cops. Uh, she's been arrested 100 times and repeatedly released without bail. Finally landed in jail after this self-described professional booster, 41-year-old Michelle McKelly, made the mistake of fighting against cops in Harlem during uh, a weekend incident. She swiped uh, paper towels from a Dwayne Weed, apparently, at West 125th Street and Lenox Avenue on Friday night. Officers trying to arrest her says she fought back, quote, kicking, biting, scratching, and spitting at the police. One female cop reported that McKelly bit her on the left shoulder, causing pain, that's what, uh, according to uh, court documents. Now, think about that for a second. If you, you know, folks, the, what police have to deal with. You don't know what this individual has. You know, we're dealing with all of these diseases, and she's allegedly biting people. It, it really is a uh, a tough job. Let's go to Stan in Forest Hills. Good morning, Stan. Good morning. Uh, I'll tell you what the major – there's two things I want to talk about quickly. The major thing that we've learned tonight, which is extremely important, is going across the wires, is that Dominic Carter is no Yogi Berra. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, that, that'll cross all across the country and Europe. 
You are no Yogi Berra. In your shorts, no, on no, your knees, no, and yeah. you let the iPhone break. Why didn't you give it to your wife, for God's sake? I don't get you, Yogi. You, you know why, you know why, Stan, and then we'll get to your topic. Because, I, yeah. you know, it, you, you still think you're 21 years old. You, you know what I mean? Where and, do you think you are? No, Come no, on, no, that thing was in your back pocket. No, no, no it was in my front pocket. Oh, it wasn't, now, now it was, I definitely they should have thrown you out of the game. And so I had it, Stan, because you know how you may want to record a video real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it's up in the in the uh, box, then I can't get it. But anyway, what's your issue this morning? Anyway, that story's going across the country. But uh, <laughs> uh, I am extremely mad. And tomorrow, hopefully, Chuck, the majority leader, Senator Chuck, I think will uh, – this bill that uh, is about the uh, burnt pits – that veterans have been destroyed by them over the in Vietnam and by uh, uh, in Iraq. This this insult by the Republicans, this low class crap that the Republicans. This bill was worked on, went through like surgery. They checked everything out, and then the Republicans screwed the uh, the people that uh, the veterans and voted against it. Tomorrow. Uh, the majority leader is going to try to put it through again. If this doesn't pass, there is no doubt in my mind Republicans will be hurt by this. They are getting pressure. This is a national thing. The, these these veterans live from MRI to MRI or X-ray to X-ray, and they're dying because they need this medical insurance, and they won't give it to them. It was a bipartisan bill. Both parties approved it, went through it two or three times. Everything was okay. Then the Republicans voted against it again. This is these are rat no good creeps, these Republicans. I don't care. They claim they're for defense. They want money. They are the biggest phonies on two feet. And this will hurt them. And things are starting to turn the other way, as far as I can see. Heavy money in Democrats uh, uh, situations across the country. Republicans are starting to get in trouble. And with this situation, if they don't, it's tomorrow. Hopefully, Chuck, uh, the majority will put it through. And if it doesn't pass, they are in deep trouble. This is a veterans thing, and it's the most it's embarrassing that our veterans. I, need I, I I hear you, Stan. I, I I hear you with your perspective on this, but I have to I have to reserve judgment because I I know it on the issue on the surface, and I know it's coming up tomorrow, but I don't know it well enough to defend yay or nay one way or the other. I I hear how I you understand. feel. I understand. I hear it how- has to be talked about. Because uh, this, I mean, these are, I mean, they voted for it. It was nonpartisan. Everything was checked out. Everything. And then they screwed it and they voted against it again. And so you have to say to yourself, what is wrong with the Republicans? And this is just the Republicans. Some of them, I mean, 20 voted against it. They, the same group that voted for it. There's nothing new in it. They didn't put any extra money, which someone said, Pat Toomey, that they did. This is an embarrassment. It's disgusting, and we know the Republicans for what the hell they are. Anyway, well, I'll let you go. Well, and you're Stan. still a, a, a good baseball player. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Stan. Okay, okay. I, 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 I've got to reserve judgment on that until I can get up to speed a bit more. I'm aware of it, but I see that Teddy in Yonkers also wants to comment on this. Good morning to you, Teddy. What's on your mind? Dominic, Dominic, I love you, even though I disagree with you on a number of topics. Okay. 
you're fair-minded man, you're articulate, and you're balanced in, in some respects. But I like you very much, even though I disagree with you. I just want to second what Stan was talking about. There is nothing they – I agree with Stan. They passed it a couple of times already. It was a bipartisanship bill. Ted Cruz got on Meet the Press today and tried to say that the Democrats tried to put in more – Types of more money in, in dealing with expenditures for any, anything else. And uh, that's just a lot of crap. Uh, Stewart, I forgot the, the comedian Stewart who had his own talk show. John Stewart. John Stewart, yes. He was vehement about it, virulent, upsetly upset about it. And Dominic, you could do your research about it, but Dominic, I agree with Stan. The Republicans are low down. But don't, don't get me wrong, Dominic. I don't care for the far left, the AOCs, the Omars, the Khalids, the, the Presleys. I don't care for them either. I don't care. And even the controller of New York City is one of the far lefties. I don't care for that type of uh, politics. Well, but Dominic, well, well, Teddy, I, I think... Call, Dominic, what I, what I want is for you... And unfortunately, your station, 99% of the time, they don't condemn Republicans. And I find that unfortunate. Well, Teddy, Teddy, I thank you for the call. I can't speak for my other uh, colleagues. All I can tell you is that they're very honorable people, and we all call issues the way we see them. Uh, We work for a a couple, John Katsimatidis, Margot Katsimatidis, where they don't interfere in the product. They let us say what we want to say, and and that's that. So I can't can't, uh, account for something someone else uh, has to say on their program. I can only, you know, uh, account account for, uh, for myself. Let's go to uh but 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 the great news is that we have the freedom from our owners, the station owners, the call issues the way that we see them. Let's go to Robert in Rockland County. Good morning, Robert. What's on your mind? Well, as it's always good to talk to you, Dominic. Thank you. Go right ahead, please. Well, you have these two, you have these two guys here. They don't even know what they're talking about. It's always at the last minute with the Democrats. They got to throw pork into the bill. They got to throw an extra garbage into the bill, and that's why it's not going to be passed. It can't be just a veterans' bill. They always got to add junk into the bill. And and that 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 has been a problem in the past. That has indeed they been be a problem. Bill, straight bill for veterans. People always got to add stuff to it. But you got guys like Stan. They don't talk about how China's buying all our farms, so we're going to be be holding beholden to them for food. They're buying all the farms in the United States, but no one cares about that. Stan don't care about that. Stan don't care about crime. Stan is just a liberal whack job. And guys like him are ruining this country. Well, Robert, uh, I thank you for your call, and you have a uh, beautiful morning. Let's go from Rockland to Central Jersey. Let's say good morning to Pamela. Good morning, Pamela. What's on your mind? Good morning. Uh, The Democrats keep sneaking poison pills into these bills. That means hidden Mm -hmm. stuff. Yes. And this time what they sneaked into it is Appalachian funds. Not that the Appalachians can't use it, but it it, it, – 
his, a mansion's wife is part of that, and that's why he agreed to it. That was the trick for the poison pill, and they hope that the um, you know uh, that the public is foolish enough to think, oh, bad Republicans, bad Republicans. But they sneak stuff into it, and believe me, the Appalachian people. I know people in eastern uh, 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 Tennessee. They do not want the country to go broke and their children to go broke for false money being put into Appalachian bill. And uh, Manchin's wife is a is part of that, so that's why the turnaround. So well, people don't realize there's things to that, to little tricks of the trade. And uh, I guess Stan doesn't have any children. Because the children are going to be paying for this forever, and the grandchildren and the future generations, we are going broke. Well, you know, Pamela, no one can deny that in terms of uh, the uh, fiscal situation. Thank you for the uh, for the call. Let's go to Al in Manhattan. Good morning, Al. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. Hi. So, go right ahead, please. I'm not the sharpest pencil in the box. Actually, I think I'm a crayon in the box. But... <laughs> I know one thing. Uh, Some of these laws that aren't passed, some of them that are, sometimes they're mistakes. I believe the one with the veterans are always a mistake, very sensitive thing. But I also know that's why they put erases on pencils. Everybody makes mistakes. And if that stand stand the man or the gentleman after him who got it half right, in my opinion, naturally this is all my opinion, uh, when he said that he isn't like the far left, I think that they're they're um, they're part of the problem. But um, Stan, uh, he likes to point fingers outward about Republican, Republican. I don't even know what I am. I'm common sense. So if you're willing to point the finger outward, point the finger inward. Because here I am. I own bakeries. I work like a dog. I even do a route now. I have 43 employees, but I do a route because I want to save money because. I'm getting plastered by Democratic problems. Now, why don't you pick that finger and turn it around and point it inward and say, well, we better think about that eraser theory because look at all the Democrats that voted Biden in. Now, this is a Biden problem, which is a Democratic problem. And you have a lot of people that are so, um, they're they're such crooks, they're so dishonest that really sometimes I get a headache thinking about it. And then when I see Biden on TV, I got to shut the TV off. I'm not a hater, but you know what? I, I get headaches from this. So that's what I have to say. Well, Al, I appreciate your call. And um, I'm, I'm sorry you have to do a route yourself, but I, I respect the fact that you're out there doing it. I'm going to squeeze in. I got 40 seconds left. Larry in Brooklyn. Larry, you got 15 seconds of the 40. Go ahead. Okay, you know, the fact it was a shoplifting woman, the fact that she would strike out at the police in such a fashion shows, proves beyond any doubt that the criminal sanction is not working. In fact, it's doing the opposite. This woman was conditioned to, by being let go 80 times, she was conditioned to believe that she did not do anything wrong. You, and it you, got to you the may, point you, you may be right. Uh, the only correction, you said 80, she was actually arrested 100 times. Think about that, folks. Larry, great way to end the program this morning. Keep it right there, folks. He's all excited, ready to come back, ready to go. Curtis Lee, in for Frank Morano, the other side of Midnight.